And on behalf of Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. We continue today with our study in Acts chapter 17. We are looking at Luke's record of Paul's activities in the city of Athens while he waits for Silas and Timothy to join him. The three of them had been working together in Berea where they had carried on a successful ministry. But when the Jewish leaders from Thessalonica heard that Paul was in Berea preaching the word of God there, they went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. At this point, the brothers sent Paul off to Athens, but Silas and Timothy remained in Berea. Then Luke tells us, beginning with verse 16, Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, he was exasperated to see how the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and Gentile worshipers, and also in the city square every day with casual passers-by. And some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers joined issue with him. Some said, What can this charlatan be trying to say? Others he would appear to be a propagandist for foreign deities. This because he was preaching about Jesus and resurrection. So they took him before the court of Areopagus and said, May we know what this new doctrine is that you propound? You are introducing ideas that sound strange to us, and we should like to know what they mean. Then Luke adds this additional bit of insight concerning the Athenians. Now the Athenians in general and the foreigners there had no time for anything but talking or hearing about the latest novelty. Go 
Now today, our focus will be primarily on the mindset of the Athenian people, the origin of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers, and their reaction to Paul's message. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. David Livingston, the famous missionary, once said, I am prepared to go anywhere as long as it is forward. That must have been the philosophy of the Apostle Paul. Almost wherever he went, his life was threatened, but he pressed on towards Rome. The gospel needed to go to the ends of the earth. That never called for retreat. In Acts 17, we find Paul has just arrived in Athens. While he was waiting for his companions, Silas and Timothy, to arrive from Berea, he walked up and down the streets of Athens, exasperated that the city was full of idols. Today the tourist travels the streets of Athens and looks upon the same magnificent statues and structures that Paul saw. The tourist is thrilled, pleased, and delighted. Paul was appalled, saddened, sickened. To him those statues weren't art. They were vehicles of pagan worship. They were not objects to be admired but to be scorned. They represented religion antithetical to what Paul preached. The splendid temples man's hands had built were built not to honor God, but to honor Satan. And the sacrifices offered there were offered to demons, not to God, as Paul said later. This wasn't innocent false worship out of ignorance which might be overlooked or excused. This was an affront to God. People were bound. Paul was exasperated. He was provoked. He found it repulsive. Actually, Athens, named after the goddess Athena, had by Paul's time lost its leadership. It was down to perhaps 10,000 population. It survived on its glorious past. That's always a sad picture when a country, a city, or a person for that matter, lives on the past. If all they have is a past. I wonder what went through his mind while he waited for Silas and Timothy. Perhaps he could hardly wait to tell these Athenians the good news of the liberating gospel of Jesus Christ. He could hardly wait to challenge Satan on his own turf in his own territory. He could hardly wait to see what the gospel would do in this atmosphere of the enlightened darkness of paganism. As was his custom, Paul found the synagogue and began to preach there. However, he soon turned his attention to the marketplace, the agora, the forum, where the general populace gathered. The agora was the center of Greek commercial and intellectual life. This is where the people gathered, and this is where Paul felt the gospel could make its greatest impact. Had I been Paul, I would have preached anywhere else rather than in Athens. But Paul preached, Luke writes, he preached the good news of Jesus and the resurrection. How did the great philosophers react? The Epicureans and the Stoics said, What is this babbler trying to say? He seems to be advocating foreign gods. To their ears, the good news about Jesus and the resurrection sounded like babblings, like nonsense. It was totally new to them. All they had was their Greek pantheon of God. I must comment on the Stoics and the Epicureans. The Stoics were so named because they met and taught in the Stoa, that is the Greek word for the porch or colonnade or 
portico of the Agora. Here is where Zeno, their founder, taught. Zeno, who lived from 342 to 265 B.C., arrived in Athens through a chance shipwreck. He stayed and founded a school of philosophy. This school emphasized self-discipline. They strove for rigorous virtue. Self-discipline and therefore self-sufficiency was the chief end of life. On the other hand, the Epicureans, named after their founder Epicurus, 340-270 B.C., taught that the chief end in life was pleasure. But pleasure was defined as the absence of pain, trouble, and annoyances. So they weren't really hedonistic in the sense that they taught pleasure at any cost, a live-it-up-for-tomorrow-we-die kind of thinking. They didn't want life to be a continual round of drinking bouts and revelry. They wanted the kind of pleasure that came from a tranquil, worry-free life, which was the product of carefully reasoned choices. Those were the Epicureans. Now the Stoics and Epicureans, or others listening to Paul, accused him of two things. Number one, he was an idle babbler. And number two, he was advocating foreign gods. The Greek word Luke uses, translated babbler, is the word spermologos, which means seed picker. That term has a lot of local color. There were birds in the square looking for bits of food, and seeing some, they would pounce on it. So was this wandering, ignorant Jew. He was looking for bits of knowledge which he would then pass off as his own. While that was a derogatory term, it was not as damaging as accusing him of promoting foreign gods. Each city was jealous for its patron gods. Socrates lost his life because it was thought he was introducing foreign deities into Athens. It's ironic that Paul should be thought of as advocating many gods when he was such a staunch monotheist. So Paul faced two schools of thought, each advocating different attempts to come to terms with life. One advocated pleasure and the other self-discipline. Here were the New Agers. Worldly wisdom hasn't advanced one bit since then. Man's mind in our post-Christian era hasn't come up with anything better than pre-Christian paganism. That's the best man can do without revelation. Then when Paul talked about Jesus and the resurrection, these Athenians thought he was talking about two gods, one a healer and the other a restorer, which is what the two words Jesus and resurrection mean. The concept of one god, monotheism, was strange to them. In fact, Athens had so many gods that one philosopher said of Athens that it was easier to find a god than a man. I say again, that's the best man in his wisdom can do. My faith has found no resting place, not in a man-made creed. I trust the ever-living one that he for me
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.